Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another podcast, another episode of EGOs. My name is Rochelle Kernan, and I have a very special guest today. Her name is Dr. Laura DeVoff. She is a geoscientist at BP Americas located in Houston. Hi, Laura. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on um, this podcast with me today. It's been a pleasure, and I know you've been really busy, so thank you so much for making time out of your schedule to chat with me today. Of course. It's my pleasure as well, and it's, it's an honor to be here. So to get started today, could you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself? So maybe um, where you're from, where you grew up, and uh, something that inspired you while you were growing up to become a geoscientist. Sure. Uh, I grew up in Houston, Texas, which, as many people know, is kind of the energy capital of the country or the world, however you know, people may frame it. Uh, that kind of came into play later on in my life. Mm-hmm. Beginning of my life, I was most influenced by art. I, growing up, wanted to be an artist. My mom was an artist, so I had the drawing, painting, sculpting type uh, skill set. And then... I decided to pursue business when I started my bachelor's at UT Austin because many said that, oh, it's a more practical degree. You can just start your own art business. And I did that, but I didn't feel that I was really utilizing my skills in art, math, and science Mm -hmm. um, until a geologist at ConocoPhillips mentioned that those are the three skills needed to be a geologist. Mm -hmm. So it's really serendipitous that I stumbled upon it thanks to her and transferred over to geology because before that I had never even heard of geology. I mean, (laughs) I was like, oh, that's a major? I mean, what is that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't really have that in my education system growing up, but I did, I did love math and science growing up. I mean, I love the experiments, the hands-on part of science. And then in math, I was one of those nerds that sat in the front of the classroom, always answering the questions. And the teacher would say, Hey, let's, anyone else want to answer questions aside from Laura? (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of where I, um, I was influenced and it shaped me to kind of be ready to become a geologist. And then I'd say what continued to influence me was my professors, my friends and family, and then mentors, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's a wonderful story. Um, I have to tell you, I was in high school, I was actually on the math club team and they're, they called us math leech. So that was like my nerd, my nerd moment. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can totally relate to you in that way. Um, definitely. Yeah. Uh, could you please tell us a bit more about where you went to school? What are your degrees and maybe a story about your career path to date? Sure. Um, how much time do we have? Because I know, right? <laughs> career path is not a straight line, no. as many people know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, as I mentioned uh, earlier, I went to UT Austin to get my, um, or University of Texas at Austin to get my bachelor's of science sure. in geology. Yeah. And then I decided to skip my, skip my master's degree and go straight to a PhD at Stanford University. And then I finished my PhD a bit early, um, almost a year early. And that's the reason I skipped my master's. I was very fortunate that in my bachelor's, I had the opportunity to do research. Mm -hmm. So I applied for this research position and 
I was very happy to have received it thanks to the recommendation from Afu Lin, who mm -hmm. I kind of helped out in his laboratory, helped out with uh, teaching, you know, um, kids in the summers about geology, showing them the laboratory. And these are underserved youth who, you know, can really take a lot out of that. So sure. he recommended me and then kind of one thing led to another. I ended up doing three research projects in my bachelor's and I co-published a couple of research papers. So professors and graduate students told me, you know, you've essentially already done at least a master's through your undergrad. Yeah. You should pursue a PhD. And I thought, oh, okay. I mean, sure. And it's one of those things I feel like my whole career I've kind of stumbled into things. Yeah. I kept saying that I've been really lucky and, you know, I'm the first in my family to do a PhD. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, yeah, I felt, I felt really lucky. But then my dad, I know it's so cliche and I say this a lot, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, luck is the combination of hard work and, uh, or preparation and yeah. opportunity mm -hmm. either, either way, kind of hard work and preparation go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think I was very fortunate to be a yes person and say yes to opportunities, which kind of set up future opportunities. Yep. Totally. But I also have learned recently, uh, sometimes you need to be a no person for certain things. You yeah. got to pick and choose your battles. It's about mm -hmm. work-life balance a little as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So then it was basically, uh, I did a couple of research internships in my bachelor's. And then during my PhD, I did industry internships with ConocoPhillips and BP. Uh -huh. And I absolutely loved my experience at BP. So when they gave me a full-time offer at the end of the internship, I, I took it because I knew that it was a culture fit for me and it's it was stimulating and exciting. And I figured why risk going somewhere else at this moment when I haven't tried out other companies? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I, it felt right. So I was very lucky that I, um, yeah, I got that offer and I've been working for BP since January this year. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm so happy to hear that it went well for you. So thank you. Yeah. Within, could you tell us a little bit more like about your PhD research or, um, and also maybe, what you're exactly you're doing so what energy sector specifically you're working in at the moment yeah i'd love to uh so my phd is something that not a lot of people think about as probably most phd degrees are um mm -hmm. <laughs> but basically as i didn't know what geology was going into my bachelor's i didn't know what gas hydrates were mm -hmm. really going into my phd and then i ended up actually uh, making that the focus of my PhD. So all three chapters focus around gas hydrates. Mm -hmm. And for those who may not know, because I've encountered even a lot of people in the geosciences aren't familiar as I wasn't, mm -hmm. gas hydrates are found uh, offshore every continent on the planet. And that they're a vast potential energy resource. So they potentially have an X amount, I think it was... Uh, quite a large amount, maybe 100 times more energy stored in them than all conventional um, forms of energy like mm -hmm. coal, oil, gas, and all the other resources. So a lot of countries like Japan are very excited about it because Japan, for example, imports over 90% of its liquefied natural gas. Mm -hmm. So they they have been a big driver in using utilizing this resource for sure. energy, mm -hmm. as well as the U.S. Department of Energy and a lot of other uh you know, people in Korea, China, elsewhere are advancing this as an energy resource right now. So my PhD was focused around 
basin and petroleum system modeling of this um, system, of this energy system. So I developed um, with some of my co-authors, we worked on different concepts, including the dynamics between gas hydrates and salt tectonics. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, we developed this, um, this kind of automated method Mm -hmm. to spit out a lot of, you know, thousands of two-dimensional basin models with gas hydrates in them so that we can really use it to um, quantify things, look at the statistics. And um, it's it's basically called global sensitivity analyses. So we're really looking at inputs to outputs. So what type for the outputs, let's say saturation of gas hydrates or volumes, what geologic inputs influence those the most mm-hmm. wow. when, we're building, when we're building models? Is it important to know the sedimentation rates, the um, total organic carbon or hydrogen index, um, things like that? Mm-hmm. So that was really exciting. And I also did a case study in the Gulf of Mexico because the Department of Energy and University of Texas at Austin are going to be uh, drilling that area soon mm-hmm. to extract the gas hydrates. They've already extracted some before and they want to do some more of that. Um so basically, I am in the more conventional oil and gas energy sector in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by virtue of getting involved with gas hydrates, I've kind of stumbled upon the more unconventional side of things, particularly because uh, I'm uh, currently pitching gas hydrate stability zones to mm-hmm. BP as a potential area of uh, CO2 sequestration. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, so basically, um, that's not something that's been thought about quite as much as using it as an energy resource. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, you know, what I really like about my field, aside from the fact that the conventional resources until now have brought light, mobility, and heat, as BP says, to, you know, people in the world. uh, And it's also bringing countries out of energy poverty. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy that the energy industry has existed. As as you know, it's now pivoting mm-hmm. and uh, we're all pivoting with it because we need to make sure we care for the planet because it cares for us as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, there's the three main um, aims by BP, which include getting to net zero, improving people's lives and caring for the planet. And I really do believe that they are on target for doing all that. It's really at the core of everyone I talk to at BP. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's that's great. I love that this field has cared about um, developing, you know, developing countries into uh, thriving and things like that. And now they're also focused on making sure the whole earth, the earth as a whole thrives. Yeah. So that's where kind of this idea of CO2 sequestration to gas hydrates comes into play. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it. At BP with the CCUS group, the Carbon Capture Utilization and Storage Group, as well as with um, lawyers, because apparently, you know, getting the CO2 sequestration that BP is doing in the North Sea to happen mm-hmm. took 10 years of, um, you know, working with lawyers to make yeah. that happen. Yeah, so I had to talk with them, talk to some um, people in economics, talked with um, engineers, just really pitching the idea to as many experts as I can to make sure the feasibility is there. Mm -hmm. And so far there's been a lot of excitement. 
So I should probably define and clarify um, if there's still time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, this is amazing. Keep going. <laughs> okay, great, great. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get me going. I yeah. can just go on and on. <laughs> Good. No, it's great. <laughs> uh, but basically, uh, the gas hydrate stability zone is essentially anywhere that's deeper than 300 meters of water depth mm -hmm. and less than about 15 degrees Celsius uh, seafloor temperature. Mm -hmm. And that actually covers quite a large portion of the earth, yeah. um, majority of the oceans. And what happens there is that you have, for example, in the Gulf of Mexico, in a lot of areas, um, quite a large portion of the Gulf of Mexico, uh, there are kilometer thick stability zones. So this means that from the seafloor all the way down to one kilometer beneath the seafloor, you can pump any gas into there like methane or co2 and it forms a gas hydrate and a gas hydrate is solid ice-like material mm -hmm. because it's in such high pressure low temperature conditions it stays trapped as a solid and the the reason that this is an interesting concept for co2 sequestration is that perhaps it's more cost effective because you don't need as much of the you know um detectors to see if there's methane leakage because mm -hmm. it is a solid um, and the fact that you don't have to drill as deep. Uh, so there's a lot of things going for it. And then also there's the scientific aspect where when we pump into, say, depleted reservoirs or other areas that have this conventional interpretation geologically of a reservoir, sandy reservoir with, uh, you know, impermeable seal. Yeah. I've talked to some engineers who are in that field and they, they say that, you know, sometimes we can't know with certainty that the seal is going to be perfect, yeah. that it hasn't already been compromised from drilling or it doesn't have faults we can't see in the seismic. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I, you know, tr putting it back into the earth as a gas and keeping it as a um, vapor gas, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe has more potential for leakage, yeah. especially through time, mm -hmm. than keeping it as a solid. So that's that's where the excitement is coming into play. And I'm trying to see if we can start a group on that at BP. And that's kind of on the side from my main job. That's not my, it's not what I'm getting paid to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of a fun passion project. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I, I'm really fascinated by your work and I'll definitely continue to to follow and see what you end up um, doing going forward. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm so happy Thank for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I should also mention that part of the main part of my day job <laughs> <laughs> as part of the the mission that BP has is I am focused currently on tieback opportunities. Uh -huh. So that's kind of um, more, what's the word for it? I would say... Uh, resilient and focused hydrocarbons yeah, mm -hmm. so that we can utilize existing facilities, really yes. dig deeper into have we, have we missed something or is there another idea we can pursue? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's part of one of BP's three focus areas on, you know, low carbon electricity and energy convenience mobility and hydrocarbons still are in play, you know, mm -hmm. um, they're helping facilitate the transition to renewables, having this integrated energy system and, uh, and then giving back, partnering with countries, cities, and industries to help them reach net zero, which I really admire about BP. They're actually not just focused on us doing it. Sure. They're helping They're helping give the tools to others to mm -hmm. do it. Um, 
Yeah, so so there we go. I think that that was uh, quite a long answer to a simple question, but mm -hmm. no, it was <laughs> happy great. you asked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's really great. So would you say that, um, I know it's a cliche to say this, um, but would you say that you're currently in your dream job or your dream role, or do you feel like you're sort of building still towards uh, something bigger in your career? I think both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. honestly, um, you know, on a kind of a personal level, I'd say, so I had a bit of a, a health um, issue mm -hmm. basically this past, these past six months, well, up through March. Mm -hmm. And I had to see a lot of specialists and one endocrinologist. I had a uh, false positive for a test for a very rare cancerous tumor. Oh, wow. I'm and so sorry. obviously, yeah, I mean, I'm happy it was a false positive. Mm -hmm. But before yeah. I knew that, it was very real. Mm -hmm. And basically, I went through this moment as soon as I found out. My sister told me because I couldn't look at the results. She's the one who looked and told me. I, I initially cried because I was sad for my, you know, friends and family uh, that they would, it probably won't be hard. It'll, it'll, it'll be hard for them. But, mm -hmm. but I was actually really happy with the life I have lived, which was, that's why I'm kind of grateful. I believe everything happens for a reason because yeah. it made me realize, hey, you're, you're doing things right. Because I felt when I looked back that I've always kind of, um, <laughs> I won't say it crudely. I guess I'll say lived life to the fullest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> went for what I wanted to do and tried to make any ideas happen and things like that. So in a way that made me realize I've been living my dream. I've been very fortunate to find what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, of course, I think I'll keep building my dream because I, I can never really predict what's going to happen two or five or 10 years from now. Yeah. It, it really, I get happily surprised sometimes. Mm -hmm. So overall in my core though, I'd say my dream, what I love a lot in my skill set supplements is leading efforts in the energy industry in roles that I feel empowered, heard, and have influence on decision-making. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, I think that that has been happening. I feel I'm very happy with my career. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so so great question. Mm -hmm. That's that's basically where I'm at. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. Um, you know, you were able to work through that with you know nothing negative. Hopefully, going forward. But yeah, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I haven't had that experience myself, but I can't even imagine what that was like to go through like that whole emotional spectrum of getting a false positive on something. That would be really scary. Yeah, I was surprisingly calm for myself. Yeah. For, I was like, you know, it's been good. You know, if I mm -hmm. got to peace out, I'll peace out. But mm -hmm. it's been great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's, that's such so. a positive way to, to look at it. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> so but do you have any advice for someone who is currently building your dream or their dream? Um, maybe someone who's been negatively impacted by uh, COVID and is having a hard time sort of finding, you know, their path forward as we come out of the pandemic? Mm, great question. I know I, I feel very blessed to not have had my job impacted by, by COVID aside mm -hmm. from unfortunately 
recent layoffs, uh, loss of huge talent, mm -hmm. which is always very sad to see. But I would say kind of similar to what I mentioned earlier, really living life to the fullest. I'd say dig deep, dig mm -hmm. really, really deep and figure out, is this what I'm passionate about? Um, is there something else that I think my skills would really contribute to the world? Uh, and then once you find that, I think as long as you work hard, things fall into place as they should, because it's it's kind of one of those things where if you feel in your core it's meant to be, um, you're manifesting it and you can you can make it happen. I really do feel that America is one of the um, countries where you can really make your dreams a reality. I mean, of course, it has its flaws. I mean, it, everywhere has has flaws, uh, but basically keep keep networking keep active i really love to stay active in my community outside mm -hmm. of my main job you never know who you're going to meet that will um kind of really push you forward uh mm -hmm. towards your dreams so definitely networking i love utilizing linkedin it's mm -hmm. i find it uh like a really more interesting form of facebook <laughs> mm -hmm. i agree <laughs> you're keeping up with interesting news and things like that yeah um, but yeah, so, so just work hard and believe, stay positive. That's, that's one of the biggest things, just stay optimistic and positive because we all have setbacks. I mean, I've had my own setbacks. It's just about getting up and, uh, keep going. Don't mm -hmm. give up because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, for example, differential equations ended up not being my thing. I thought I was good at math until there was that, you know, new, alien form of <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even know it was rough but I yeah. didn't give up I was like you know what I'm not going to be perfect at everything yeah just maximize what I am good at and work on the flaws but yeah yeah. So hopefully, hopefully that that is some somewhat helpful yeah absolutely yeah thank you so much for sharing that with us and then um, I have one last question that's a little bit more personal is there something or a series of things that you do to maintain your happiness and your success? Yeah, I think I kind of alluded earlier, previous question, that I like to stay involved with activities outside of my main job, mm -hmm. which can help impact the industry and its people as well, or my local community. So I love volunteering and I love, um, as, as you know, actually, I'm currently... Uh, helping manage the social media accounts for um, AAPG uh, uh, Women's Network, mm -hmm. so the American Association of Petroleum Geologists Women's Network. And that has been really fulfilling as well. I like seeing the progress that the organization is making mm -hmm. and the impact it can make on um, helping with, uh, you know, DE&I. Um, so, yeah, I, I also try to have a life outside of work. I mean, that hasn't always been the case, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I have, you know, various hobbies depending on mood and time of year. I love drawing, painting, um, electric unicycling, tennis, fitness, uh, and mostly spending quality time with family, friends, and my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, that's also all very, very important to me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'd say I'd say those things as well. You need to make sure you know who you are outside of work as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for meeting with me today. I, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I'd love to, you know, get an update, 
you know, whenever you, hopefully your projects all kick off and there's great success with them. And I, I just know that you're going to continue to, to be a trailblazer in our field. So thank you so much for your time and I wish you the best of luck. Oh, wow. That gave me goosebumps. Thank you so much. You're, you're too kind. <laughs> and to our uh, to our listeners, make sure you follow Laura on uh, social media, on her LinkedIn. I love your posts. I think you're you're just great at it. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, Rochelle. Well, enjoy your weekend. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to talking again. And best of luck on the podcast. Great. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.